Culture and Psychology with Tabana. A very warm hello to our Radio Bamdad listeners. I'm sitting here with Dr. Daniel Rockers. And hello. Hi, Daniel. Um, I'm sorry that Dr. Andrade couldn't be with us today, but I'm happy at least two of us are here and we can um, actually talk about a topic that earlier we talked and that's um, organization. So um, I, I feel like organization uh, and organizing ourselves basically is uh, very crucial in some of the professional um, work that we do and not only personal, but for work, it's very important. And we wanna begin um, talking about how can we keep ourselves organized? What do we need to do in order to get started? Because I know many of our listeners uh, probably would like to actually see how they can start. And I am uh, one of them. And I like to hear more because I need to get organized myself. So welcome to our show, Dr. Rockers. And uh, the mic is yours. Oh, the mic is mine. I thought you were going to kick us off with how to get organized. Weren't you going to give us all the wisdom on how well, to you, do it? You are actually, I think, on the top of my list of people who are organized. And Last time I know you made fun of me because I kept saying you're meticulous and you are amazingly organized. And I wish I had just a bit of that trait of um, being so organized myself, but I always appreciate people who are very organized and I want to hear from you. Were you born to be organized, which is not really something to talk about because nobody is born with this trait. But I'm sure your upbringing has given you some of these behaviors that you grew up with. Well, I think some people are born more inclined to be organized and sorting and categorizing things. You know, one of the stereo cultural stereotypes for people who are German is that, which we learn in our psychology history, is that they, as a culture as a race, I guess, or a culture, like to organize and categorize and classify things. And I think you can correct me here, but isn't that where our current categorization system like uh, gene and genus and phylos and that comes from species? Yeah, environment, um, which is a phenotype. We talk about environment in psychology and type of a genotype. So there are certain things that are in our genes, but there are certain things, it's phenotype, which is our environment and genes. So I bet your parents, the way they raised you was um, always, um, you know, showed you how to get organized, how to put things aside, because we learn from childhood. And I think this is a learned, this is a condition, um, you know, that we are in and we grow up, we learn. So I don't think we are born with that. I think um, we learn as we grow up the way the parents are always organized. Everything is, um, you know, set in a, in a category, as you said, um, cleaning after yourself. I think we learn as we um, grow up. My mom was and is a very good cleaner 
and organizer of things. She always kept a very nice house, keeps a very nice house still right now. So definitely I got some from that. But, you know, for myself, as I got out of college, I wasn't really all that organizing college. I look back and I remember running into people who were pretty organized in college. I never did like uh, people who, I can remember being annoyed with some classmates who always, they always got things done, right? They always started doing their homework right away. They, I didn't, I was it irritated me and it probably irritated me because I knew I should be doing it and I didn't do it and I would put it off. But as I got out, out of college, what I began to study the different ways that people would get organized. And I can remember at my, one of my first jobs, really enjoying reading and implementing time management books. Like there was one by Alan Lakine, I think, and it was, I think it was called Time Management. But I love that book, and I work to implement those things. And since then, other systems I've read about, become familiar with, have come into play, which I think are even better systems. It's funny to think that that technology, so to speak, how we would do things evolves, but it does. Mm -hmm. And some of the current ways of looking at things, how do we get organized, are different now than what they were 40 years ago. Right. And I go back to, for example, teaching. Um, when I started to teach, uh, specifically, I remember that sometimes there are some students in class that they raise their hand, they're very outspoken, they answer the questions, and you think they're the best students. But if you don't keep a good record keeping um, of their um, homework, of their tests, um, of all the, um, you know, criteria you have for grading. And you realize that those that you thought are your top-notch students actually are not. And I think in some professions, especially as I recall my teaching career or any jobs that I remember, like as a secretary, I've worked in different jobs. I was an accountant. I was a secretary. I've been in different jobs until I came to teaching. Um, and I realized that if you're not organized, you're not going to perform um, at excellent level. You know, if you are seeking for excellence, you have to really be organized. And I know I've uh, done so many different ways. Um, you know, you can get by, whether in your personal life or whether in your career. But the best outcome of your performance is when you're organized. And specifically, I remember in my teaching, when I started documenting everything about every kid, at that point, I was so confident how every individual was doing. And I felt so good about this because it was fairness. It was really documented. So if someone was asking why they received that grade, Everything was documented. I could show, you know, you didn't do this homework, you didn't do that. You know, in this test, you um, obtained this grade. And so it's such a confidence you have. But when it comes uh, to your personal life, you may get by. But I really believe that the more cluttered you are, the more unorganized you are, the less uh, you, you can achieve some of the things you need to do. And it's more time consuming. 
That's very true. I think of an attorney that I've worked with, who I've worked with, and his desk was always clean. Like when I say clean, I mean not just clean, but not cluttered. Like the thing on top of his desk was his computer and maybe one file that he was working on. But he did not have piles of stuff. It was not, there were not pencils and things laying around. There wasn't anything else on there. He really kept it clean and it kept his whole office clean. It was a way of living for him. Yeah. Uh, I think that, you know, one of the things that's important to keep in mind as we move forward is this profusion of information that is coming at us from all these different channels, text, emails, regular mail, phone calls, all of this stuff coming at us requires a little different way of managing ourselves and organizing ourselves than what it was 30 years ago. Absolutely. Yeah, there's uh, the demand of everything, I think, is more, think about it, in every part of our life, uh, now everything is a package. It's not just one thing. It's several things. So you have to be good at so many things besides the focus of that particular thing that is more important. Like as a um, professional in your career, your career, your job is important, but then you have to also have so many other things that makes it even better, you know? So you, you actually have such competition in every aspect of um, life that you need to have a bit of everything um, in order to operate your job in a better way. So as an example, you can be, for example, a good psychologist working with your patient, but if you don't keep your records, if you are not um, you know, networking, if you're not outside of your office in the community, I mean, what makes you a more, um, I would say a more, um, help me with this. I just want to say you're good if you're in your private practice and you're working with your patients and you're doing good. But imagine you are partly um, having hands in the community work, you're networking with other psychologists, you're involved just like you, you know, you're networking is you have a great networking in your profession, it makes you actually uh, not per se a better psychologist, but you know what is happening in the field. You know what is going on. So it adds to you, you know. Right, that's totally true. If you want to be successful, it's not just about doing your own work well. It means connecting with other people. It means letting other people know how well you do your work, things like that. I mentioned this book before, Skills for Success by Adele Scheel. I bought that book in uh, 1978 or 79, and I have kept that book ever since. Probably one of the few or only book I've kept that long. Great, great stuff. What is the name? Skills for Success. You mentioned this a couple of times. I have. It's a uh, it's a yeah. classic book. It's a great book. I think that Del Shiel is a. I think she still practices in Los Angeles area. 
I may have to interview her for her for our podcast. Oh, that would be great. I like I like that. Yeah. yeah. It was it's a great, great book. She goes over six different skills, fundamental skills. And this is based on her doctoral dissertation, but great stuff. And it's stuff that I found when I applied it, when I really applied it all. Mm. My the work that I was doing and my my success really took off. Mm, it was really good. Interesting. So you personally had um, seen the results in your work? Absolutely. I mean, up to that point, this is about 10 years ago when I started applying it a little more than that. And once I did, it did not take long at all and things started happening. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, that's when I became president of the local psych association and then president of the state association. Things happened. It was pretty amazing. Yeah, and I remember we actually had um, in one of our management retreat, you, didn't you bring that uh, book and we worked, we, you divide us into groups and we work on that? Yeah, Yeah, I don't, I remember that particular segment. I'm not sure how successful it was in getting those points across, but the idea was good. I wanted everybody to know these things. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. And that was when the year of the published that the book published was what year? Oh, I think it was originally published in 1978. Wow. So imagine something that is a still when you read, you feel like it's working. These yeah. are the, the, yeah, the skills that are in there are applicable no matter what age or what skill level you have. Mm -hmm. And you know what, in my experience, like, um, as an example, whether in teaching, whether in psychology, other work I've done, there are always so many new stuff. But when you really, because you know the foundation, you read them and you realize that it's the same thing, except they tweak it and they name it either differently or yeah. they explain it differently. Um, like Bloom's taxonomy in teaching. I mean, there are six steps that a successful teacher, what do you do with your students? And everything that has come after that, I realized they tweak it, they name it differently, but then you go back and you go, wow, this is Bloom's tax taxonomy. And, and it's just the same. So I'm sure now that you say skills for success from that year, still is the same you can yeah you can map a lot of the things that are coming out now as the hot new thing and map it onto those six skills okay. should we take a break are we at a break yeah uh, let's have a break and come back to continue our conversation You always remind me of uh, saying something in Farsi. 
Do you want to start? Shanavandigan Aziz, Radio Bamdad. Very good. All right. So Shanavandigan Aziz, Radio Bamdad. Man, be hamkare dusa hamkaram. Doctor Daniel Rakir, star khidmatun hastim. امروز دکتر اندرادی با ما نیستش ولی من و دکتر راکرز داریم راجع به موارد مختلفی که ما تو زندگی شخصی یا زندگی کاریمون اثر میذاره صحبت میکنیم از جمله وقتی که ما کارمون مرتب منظم هستش و ارگانایز هستیم چقدر بهتر میتونیم کارهای مختلف ها انجام بدیم و همینطور تجربه کردن کارهای مختلف تو زندگی برمیگردیم و در خدمتون هستیم Dr. Daniel Rockers. Uh, today, uh, I'm sitting with Dr. Rockers and our other uh, colleague, Dr. Alex Andrade is not here with us. We started talking about um, how we can organize ourselves and we talked about uh, the importance of uh, having um, a good organized way of doing things in personal life, in our career, Uh, and uh, I just want to say some words in Farsi for our listeners. Shanvandigan Aziz Radio Bamdad. Agi taze radio tunu bas kardin va sedaye maro az radio Bamdad mishnavim be zaban englishi. Bad begam ke maro zay shambu ye shambu az saate davazat ye ke bad az zor be zaban englishi sohbat mikonim. Emruz ba Dr. Rakers dar khidmatun hastim va dar moridin ke chkar konim ke همیشه زندگیمون چه در مسائل شخصی و چه در مسائل کاری مرتب منظم باشه چون این نامنظم بودن ذهن ما رو مشغول میکنه و ما رو کنتر میکنه در انجام کارمون دکتر راکرز I was just explaining that sometimes the speed um, that we have in doing our work is interrupted if we are not really organized because we have to look for things if this is one thing And just the cluttered, even in our, let's say, uh, closet, if it's cluttered and you're looking for something, it takes more time. In your closet, if you know exactly what you have and what you don't, you don't even go shopping and get more stuff. And then sometimes you realize that, oh, I already had two, three of this color. You know, what did I need? I, actually, I'm speaking to myself. So... I know how important it is to be organized, uh, whether at home or at your work, was specifically um, at work because you want to do a good job. And if uh, in front of your boss, you're just trying to find something on your desk, or even now, let's talk about even or being organized on the computer. If your files are all over the place, how could you find them? Have you noticed that sometimes you run into some people that they're very organized. As soon as they want to find something, boom, they can find it because they know where it is. They have organized it. They put it in folders 
um, and they file them um, alphabetically. Well, of course, computers do that themselves, but, but I'm just saying it's so easy for them to find something. But there's some people that they have so many good materials, so many good, you know, references, but they can't find them. And I think this is something really, really important to talk about. Yeah, you know, the bottom line in that, it's, it, it can be stated very simply, although putting it into practice is not as simple, but very simply, you have to have a system that you follow. Yes. If you have a, if you have a filing system and you always know, this is how I make the labels for those, this is how I operate, and you always do that, it makes things very easy because you know how to find stuff and you know where to find it. Yeah. Like this past year, I started all of my receipts. I have a little scanner on my telephone, an app on my phone, and I scan all my receipts and then I have them all on the computer in this filing system. And I set it, actually, I started this last year according to date and then who it's from and then what it is and the amount. And when I did my taxes for last year, it just made it so easy. It's just like what you said, you know, it it's just like it just flows. Whereas if we don't have a particular system, then it becomes a real challenge. Oh, God, where is that thing? Well, I thought it was over here. No, maybe it's over here. Maybe it's in this file. Maybe. You know, now that you're talking about this, I'm just wondering if it's in our genes. You know, at, at first I thought it was environment, upbringing, and I think it's both. You know I thought you earlier said you you didn't you didn't agree. I talked about the Germanic stereotype of classifying and stuff. You know, because I was just going through, uh, you know, thinking that, of course, in psychology we don't talk about organization specifically and the genetic part. But I honestly know that we're talking more. I'm just thinking, yes, environment and genes. You know, so maybe, well, yeah. It makes sense that there, this some of the stereotypes like that, this tendency to classify or organize in that heritage. It to me, it makes sense that it could be. I'm not saying it is. I'm not voting on stereotyping all that other qualifications. But think about this: different animals are known for different ways of being. Mm -hmm. Right? Dogs in general are known for being friendly and wanting to connect with people. Cats are known for being independent. And within dog breeds, let's say, for example, certain breeds instinctively do certain things. Some like to go get the ball and bring it back. Mm -hmm. Other breeds, you can't get them interested in doing it. Yeah. Some breeds will go out and find the bird. Yeah. Some dogs know absolutely how to pick up the bird and not crush it. Yeah. Yeah. They just know this instinctively. It's in their genes. Yeah. So why would that not be any different with people? Yeah. I would well, think there's going to be traits, you know that. Yeah. And, you know, in my um, working with patients, I always say human being is the laziest species. We tend to really be lazy as soon as we know we can. You know what I mean? Because what gets us from bed is you have to do this. You have to do that. But if they leave it to you, just want to lay down. You want to take it easy. Most people, when you talk to them, they want to be by the ocean. They want to be by the pool. You know, no, really. 
this, how many people you see that they love to get up their seat or get up there from bed and just run to work? It's really not our thing, you know, as a human being. So based on that, we need some sort of um, initiation or some sort of, um, you know, maybe, um, yeah, I mean, like you always talk about your being in the farm, getting up early, doing your chores. So you grew up in that environment. But if your parents would have let you just take it easy, do only studying, and then how would you learn to be, you know, someone who gets up early, does the chore, res- being responsible? You you were taught to be responsible, right? Right. It was just, this is how it is. Yeah, exactly. It was that basic, like, this is how it works. There's no option here. You don't have an option of being some other way. This is how yeah. you have to, this is how we have. Yeah. But let's talk in terms of a system. Yeah. Are you wanting to, I, I want to jump into syst- talking about a system, types of systems. Are you, yes. I just wanted to Did you that, I don't want to forget to ask you, then also talk more about the skills for success that you talk about. And because some of my our listeners may want to purchase the book or look into it. So it's so you can after the, the talking about the system, maybe you can talk a little bit more about the book you mentioned. We might as well go into it right now. We can do it right oh, now. Sure. Happy sure. to talk about it right now. Yeah. She, in that book, she goes over six different skills. And the first two that she talks about, I probably can't remember all six off the top of my head, but the first two are called experiencing doing. That's the first one. And the other one is called risking linking. Those are the first two, what I'm recalling. And what she is saying in there, and this is very profound also, we need to have experiences where we're doing a variety of things. This also, by the way, is a very, 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 very important part of creativity and idea generate. We have to have a lot of experiences doing a lot of different things that we're not used to doing. In other words, what she's saying there is be curious, be curious, get involved in the world, try different things, try different hobbies, read about different things, learn about different things, do different things, have experience. That's a critical piece because what we want to do is build up this whole reservoir of all our different experiences. You know, what goes along with that side A is that everybody has some of their own special qualities that they do really well, much better than other people. Everybody, everybody has something or things that they do really well. But if we don't get out and try lots of things, we may not find some of them. Mm. Or we may find only a small portion of those. Like think of yourself right now, right now. I wonder what quality, what things you can do really well, way better than other people that you haven't even discovered yet. Hmm. I believe there are several. I think there's several for each of us. There are some things that you, it's potential that is inside you. And if you don't do the discovery process, you will not discover them. Interesting. Right? Why, would, why would it be that at whatever age you are right now, you've suddenly discovered everything about yourself that you know? I just don't believe it. It would not, it doesn't make sense. There are many things that are, 
hidden inside of you, just waiting to be discovered. Many skills, many qualities, abilities, but we won't find them. I don't think we'll find them unless we get out and try out different things. Check-ins, what about that? I've tried so and many. And I do not believe. I, I've tried so what many I, things. I don't know what else is left. <laughs> There's all <laughs> kinds of things left. That's one of the beauties of all this profusion of information that's coming at us through all these different channels. There's so many things we can look up on the internet or find out about. There are I, many, 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 many different things. Oh, I always, we should always be learning. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, I totally agree um, because in my own experiences, I've done so many different things and that um, adds to you. It doesn't take away from you. You know what I mean? There's no risk to it. You know, you learn. Even you talk to someone about something that you didn't have any idea about, but that within 30 minutes that you have a conversation, you feel like, oh gosh, I never knew that because continuously we are learning as we approach life as we uh, that's why we always talk about leave the opportunity open for meeting other people for being out there for don't limit your life to whatever you have learned to do and you think this is your life just expand it and I totally agree I totally agree whatever age you are you have to really get out of your shell and you think it's comfortable because as I said, we are lazy people. We want to have something comfortable and we don't want to you know, work hard to learn something new. And we feel like this is good. I, I have found something for my life. I'm making you know, decent money and I'm good. But we don't realize that it's not about money. It's not about that. It's, not, it's a lot about opening your mind to life and and it's it's great to see and experience different things whether it's a sport whether it's the skills that you need to learn in order to do different things even a sport if you haven't done let's say kayaking if you haven't done um baseball for example or golf or whatever get to it at least try it that might be your passion that might be something you really like and you can enjoy Right, right. Some of the worst things that can happen to people is they just have only one thing that they do and they don't have. And then I've seen this happen a lot in my practice where someone will be doing that thing that they do really well for their job and then they get injured and they cannot do that thing. And the devastation that they experience is very, because they can't imagine. So we want to expand our, our definition of who we are to be much more than who. Right. So learn something that you can be sitting and doing. Learn something that you can be um, walking and doing. So, you know, you know what I mean? It's just like, think about even things that maybe at one point you're not able to be as active, but start thinking of, oh, for example, if I have a situation that I have to put my feet up and I can't, do anything what is it that i want to do is it reading a book is it you know learning something that i can be sitting and doing so there's so many things in different situations and in different abilities in us that we can do 
Absolutely true. So if we go on to that other part that she mentioned in the book, which was uh, risking linking, maybe we can pick up that after the break. Sure. Let's just have a short break. We're back with Dr. Rockers, and we continue our conversation about uh, organization in our personal life, in our um, professional life. Also, we talked about skills for success, uh, which Dr. Rockers was talking about the issues in the book that um, was published in 1978 for the first time. And still to this day, Dr. Rockers, who's a creative in uh, psychological field, um, he actually to this day talks about this book. Um, okay, Dr. Rockers, continue with the rest of the conversation. Well, what I was saying earlier was that she had listed in the book six different fundamental skills for success, and they are basic skills, but they're applicable no matter where you are in your career journey or in your life journey. They're very helpful for that. And that first one we talked about just before the break was called experiencing doing. It means just doing different things, having many different experiences. You must build up a base of all of those experiences. And the other is risking linking, which is such an important piece in all of life. And it means to take some risks in connecting with other people. How can I connect with other people? This goes back to that idea of it's not what you know, it's who you know type of a thing. And a lot of people say this in kind of a cynical way. I would change it a little bit. It's not so much what you know, it's who you know, or it's, it's some of both, really. You want to, if, and her point is very good. And that is, if you are connected with enough people, you can find the job that you want. If people know you and know what you're good at, they're probably going to be connecting with you to get whatever that thing is that you do well. So it means, but it means that we have to take some risks. And she gives the example in the book of sometimes it means going to some meetings or places where you may not even necessarily be wanted there, but you show up, you, you try to make the effort to connect because here's the big secret. You never know when you're going to connect with somebody who's going to make a big difference in your life. It, is often just this seemingly chance meeting that turns into something. But if you really are prepared 
this is that quote chance favors the prepared person or something like that if you really are prepared then it's not really a chance meeting yeah and interesting so when you say if you're prepared um that means you are prepared to meet new person and learn and open up to whatever comes on your way is this what you mean yes i mean when i say prepared it means that i've prepared my mind by making it open and I say wonder who i'm going to meet today instead of oh god i don't want to go to this meeting tonight it's going to be a bunch of fuddy duddies and it's pro- I, how quick can i get out of there that's not very open but if you say wow you know what i may not really feel like it but i wonder if i could meet three different people here tonight and talk about some fun things yeah. that's being more prepared to go in and have a good time and connect with people make a good showing and get the most out of any gathering the other thing that prepare, being prepared means you can have things to talk about. Mm-hmm. You can bring up things to talk about. You can also be prepared by being curious and interested in other people, right? Yes. People like to talk about themselves. Mm-hmm. So why not be able to ask them about their thoughts on this thing or that thing, which might be a current event? You know, it's uh, interesting. As you were talking about this, I was just thinking about... Um, my own life, you know, because sometimes uh, you take it, um, you know, in and you you think about um, things that I have done in my life in different professions and, if, and in different parts of the life has been always through meeting people. You know, I never thought of becoming a teacher until, uh, you know, I talked about this many times. Um, in the district, there was a woman And I got to know her through um, the testing in the district site. And when we were talking, she actually asked me to go and help them because I knew the language and and there were an influx of people from Iran coming at that time. So she says, can you help me with testing or being here when um, people who come and speak um, your primary language, maybe you can help. Honestly, that openness, I could have said, no, I'm busy and I can't. But I just thought, you know what? Even if I can help for two hours, you know, I'm just giving to the community. This is a school district and I can do that. That changed the entire thinking and way I wanted to go my life with. Because I, my undergrad was business. I wanted to get into business field and I was thinking, all I was thinking was business. What can I do to get into business field? But uh, she just kept telling me, you just don't know that you're made to become a teacher. Have you noticed that? Because when you talk to the kids, when you talk to the parents, things that you do with the kids when they come here, you're just made a teacher. And at that time, I didn't think that, oh my gosh, my whole family come from teaching background. And and I seriously didn't even think. And I always thought, you know what, we had te- enough teachers in our family. I don't want to be a teacher or I didn't even think about it, you know. And then uh, here we are. And after sometimes I just took the test, I started uh, studying for becoming a teacher and then the psychology field came on my lap. Same thing. I was one day talking to a 
life coach who has been in the community for a long time. And he just told me, he said, you know, Saide, you are such good person to become a psychologist and give to your community and to the society, you know, with your background, with, um, you know, just being bicultural and multicultural. And um, then the seeds started, um, you know, uh, being, uh, being in my head. Um, and, um, and I started thinking about it. And here I am, you know what I mean? It's like, if I had closed my mind to these things and connection or communication, I don't know what else I would have done. I'm not sure what would have happened better or worse. But I just found happiness in, in what I did and what I'm doing. So I'm not sure if I was a businesswoman making more money if I was happier. Yeah. And all this came about as a result of a meeting with somebody. I remember that when I met you at that Christmas party so many years ago, what's 10 yeah. or 12 years ago. And yeah. if I had entered in with a closed mind, like, oh, I just got to get this done and get, get in and get out of here. I probably would not have run into you, wouldn't have talked to you. Yeah. But ha having done so, here we are. We wouldn't have even had this program. I know. It's we wouldn't just, have started the nonprofit. Yeah. So I think this is, we have such a short time in life when you think about it. Time just clicks every second. And uh, when you think, when you're open to opportunities and you're open to meeting, when you're open to doing different things, it's just so beautiful, so much adding to your life than closing the door and closing your heart to experiencing. So I really recommend this to our listeners, uh, especially our patient, um, because we both know that many people who come to us, uh, they come with their issues, their problems in life and distorted thinking, uh, thinking less of themselves sometimes, thinking that imposter phenomenon that we always talk about, um, you know, all of that uh, causes us to just get into more um, to the lock of or shell of, um, you know, staying within and negative thoughts come. Um, and, and we have experienced that probably in part of our life ourselves too. We are human also, and we run into situations that sometimes make us feel uh, you know, uh, you need some time to think or you need some time to process. But then uh, you realize that you are not depression. You are not anxiety. That comes and goes. You are not that. And then if you can think about this, um, then the door is open. You become uh, a little depressed. It goes away. You become anxious, but it goes away. So you are not that. Don't label yourself. Right. Don't get. Don't label yourself and get stuck in the label. Yes, absolutely. I was um, walking with uh, someone that newly I met and is a young person. And she, as we were walking, she found out that this is the field of my work. And she started saying, I have this problem and that problem. I said, who told you all these labels that you're putting on yourself? She goes, I don't know. I read about it and I feel like I fit into this label. I probably think that I'm this. I said, no, first of all, you're not that. 
this is something that you may have experienced a little bit of it or at certain situations that you were in, that doesn't mean you label yourself and you limit yourself. And um, it was interesting in just such a short walk that we had and we met um, one of the neighbors. Uh, it was just interesting that a young person is really putting herself into a box thinking I am this label. Yeah, which could would affect her direction in her life. Yeah, absolutely. But it, all, the other thing, too, is there was that was that chance meeting. Yes, that absolutely. you were prepared for. I don't know what happened, but I may have changed her mind and I may have said something that she would do things that, you know, now are very different. I hope so. You know what I mean? Have, like, yeah. We have effect on other people. Those things that we say, our interactions, even if we don't say anything, those interactions affect other people. Right. Sometimes in very deep and profound ways. Yeah. Dr. Rockers, I was searching for the book you mentioned. I couldn't find it. Um, is it just exactly skills for success? Mm-hmm. Yeah, huh. that's in the okay. name of the book. Well, who knows? Maybe, uh, no, it's out there. I know it's out there because I know there is a, um, if you look up, yeah, see, I can see it on Amazon now. Okay, so. It's Skills um, for Success. It looks like a paperback is republished in 1996. Oh, okay. And uh, the name you said is Jill Shield? Adele. Oh, Adele. A-D-E-L-E. Oh, Adele. Okay. You just type in Skills for Success and her last name, Shield, S-C-H-E-E-L-E. Mm -hmm. Then you will find that book. Okay. All right. So, Dr. Rockers, if... Um, but it's an available book. book. It's a good Sorry. book. There. Did you say? It's a good book. It's available. It's out there. I want to add one more thing, too, Saide. This idea on risking linking where we're meeting people. Yeah. It doesn't mean... You have to go in with the right attitude, which means sometimes I'm going to go in and I want to be meet people and have a good discovery. And it won't happen that way. It may be not fun. In fact, that very same party that I met you at, I remember, I won't forget it, talking with a couple of women there and asking them ideas about what could we do at a psychology conference. This was before we had put together our annual conference. And they were very critical and very mean about it. And they said, mm -hmm. well, why don't you just um, do some research publications and that's it, you're just psychologists. I mean, it was very ugly. And I remember feeling somewhat deflated from that. Mm -hmm. But the good thing was I met you and talked with you and that was an opening. So we have to know that there are going to be some situations where you're going to go in and want to meet people and you may not meet people or you might get a difficult or hard reception. Yeah. And that's when we have to keep telling ourselves, no, I know this is the right thing. I will keep doing that. Yes. Not to get discouraged or downhearted about it. Yeah, and you actually took on a huge project, you know, for the first time, putting a conference together. So it was, and then afterwards, it just became, became something that um, every year um, started to have that. And since then, we've had conferences every year. But the first year, if you hadn't, 
picked that up and started, I don't know if somebody had the courage and guts and all this energy to put into that. And it became very successful. I know I worked hard on that myself, but uh, I'm sure behind the scene, you worked very hard too to meet other people, to bring money to do this um, and find uh, sponsors. I know it, it was a lot of work, but look where we are now. The organization now every year has conference um, then, and people are involved. It just becomes something that is part of the organization. Having a conference is the main thing they think every year. Yeah. You know, you talked about the other preparation. A lot of the other preparation was done in the year or two before that. Where I was meeting other people and I was having other experiences and I was learning how other people do conferences and I was learning how people raise money for conferences. And I was just watching and observing and asking questions. Like, well, how do you do this? And why do you do that? Which is what gave me the confidence to say, yeah, we can do that. We can do this very thing. Yeah. I think I've mentioned it before, but one of the people in the club asked me, well, do you really think we can get any, any donations? to help us with this? And I said, yeah. Or they said, do you think we can even get one is what they said. I said, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I think we can get several. And we did. Yeah, I know, very successful. I always uh, think of that very, very successful conference. Dr. Rockers, we got to the end of our program. If you could sum up very quickly one maybe short sentence so we can end our program for today. The key is to have an open mind, I think. Really think in terms of what's possible, what could be possible. People often start by thinking of what's not possible or why we can't do X or Y. And if you start that way, you're probably not going to get a high, reach a high goal. If you aim low, that's aiming low, aim high. I agree. And I want to say be positive uh, because uh, when you're positive, the energy inside will help you to get where you want to be. So thinking positive is you can do it. You can be successful. Just keep telling yourself that. With that, I want to say goodbye to our listeners and thank my friend and my colleague, Dr. Rockers, for a very good conversation. And um, we will uh, talk to you tomorrow as well. تنها بمیرم دیگه از درد و غم آروم بگیرم برم پیدا کنم یه جای خلبت بشینم عشق بریزم تا بیامد برم پیدا کنم یه جای خلبت بشینم عشق بریزم تا بیامد برو دل بخواب که وقت خوابه سلام تو ها
از من نصیحت اگه عاشق بشی خونت بزیری به دامه این و اون هر دمت سیری چرا گل میخوری با یک اشاره سهر شد تا هنوز چشمات بیداره چرا گل میخوری با یک اشاره سهر شد تا هنوز چشمات بیداره برو ای دل بخواب که وقت خوابه سلام تو همیشه بی جوابه به تو بی دست و پا از من نصیحت اگه آشق بشی رادیو بامداد صدای ما و شما با زبانی آشنا